0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. There once was a man named Gold Roger, who was king of the pirates. He had fame, power, and wealth beyond your wildest dreams. Before they hung him from the gallows, these were the final words he said. Our perspective is yours for the taking, but you'll have to join us first. We left everything we debated at the Yonko table. Ever since, pirates from all over the world set sail for the Grand Line, searching for the Yonko table, the table that will make their dreams come true. Yo! yo, Yayo, yayo, folks. Welcome to the latest and the greatest from the Yonko table. That's right, that's the voice of Grandmaster Hoop coming at you solo this week. Yes, we riding solo, we flying solo, just like the 2018 hit film, Han solo let me start with the Star Wars puns. Either way, coming at you this week with the third installment of the new hit series of Obi-Wan Kenobi. That's right, we're gonna be talking episode three of Obi-Wan Kenobi. And when I say we, I mean myself, but well, that's okay because again, I think I could talk for days, but I'm not going to talk that much. You're gonna hear my thoughts on the episodes, what I liked, what I disliked, what I think is gonna happen moving forward, and then so forth, and of course. This is the perfect opportunity. If you have any thoughts or opinions on the episodes, please share them with us on all social media platforms, wherever y'all can find us. By all means, give us your thoughts. But hey, without further ado, let's get into episode three of Obi-Wan Kenobi. And I'll tell you, um, I like the series so far. I do. I think of the Star Wars series, it's definitely establishing its own thing going on here. Uh, as far as, you know, like we previously said last week is the first follow up Star Wars stories to the movies. And with that said, they got a lot they can do here. They can piggyback off of what needs to happen before episode four. And then they can also, you know, tie it back into what needs to happen after episode three. So there's a lot of room we can play around with. And that's really cool. And I think that's really what's the great part of this show. With that said, again, we talked about the dynamic last week, and I think it's the dynamic between characters that is really, though, going to sell this show. So, of course, the biggest dynamic that we're going to be seeing probably the most of in the series is the Obi-Wan Leia dynamic. Here we are having them again, and now on this planet whose name escapes me, but that's okay. But um, they're on this path to, uh, I guess it's, you know, to... It's a group of people who are helping Jedi on the run, helping people like Leia on the run. And again, just really sticking it to the Empire. So all these people are working together and Obi-Wan and Leia are, you know, on the cargo ship and they land on this planet. And it's a Empire-infested planet and they got to get to their next checkpoint without being discovered. Of course, you know, things are going to go awry and that's when, you know, we're going to need Obi-Wan to stop being Ben and start being Obi-Wan. So of course you know uh, yeah we got some again the show I feel is not gonna bank off of the action necessarily we're gonna see again like I was saying the inner character interactions that's gonna be the selling point so we got more Obi Wan and Leia and you know Leia she's uh, she's poking she's poking at Obi Wan she's trying to figure out you know what's going on why is he the one sent to find her and you start seeing her start to unravel that Obi-Wan definitely knew her mother and she's starting to put that together. Not her you know, Organa mother. She's talking about her organic mother funny enough, that's weird to say out loud but she's talking about Padme. She sees that Obi-Wan probably actually did really know who her mother was and I think those were some of the more touching scenes going on here and you know, Obi-Wan, he has to Well, you know, he can't open up all the way to Padme about, I mean, open up to Leia. Look at me. I made the same mistake Obi-Wan made on that uh, little transport. He can't open up fully to her because he doesn't want to disclose, you know, the tragic truth of the parentage of Luke and Leia. And, you know, it is a tragedy. The, you know, Anakin lost his way and, and his fury killed Padme. And I would hate to be the one to give Leia that bad news. But not only that, but, you know, they're able to connect on a deeper level, which I thought was a very interesting thought, because, again, I don't really know much about the expanded material, nor do I know what's even canon anymore. But what do we know about Obi-Wan's parentage? What do we know about Obi-Wan's backstory? Not much at all. I I don't know really anything. Uh, and we start, th- you know, Obi-Wan starts talking about remembering his mother he remembers his father vaguely he remembers he probably had a brother and these are all very interesting aspects of a character a very well known character that we've known for what 30 plus years or so and what do we really know about him other than what we are given during the time of the Clone Wars and you know post Clone Wars so it's very interesting to see this interaction play out they're just they're both you know they want to know more about their parentage and their lineage and you know obviously leia can get more information from obi-wan and maybe that's something we'll see obi-wan try to maybe track down later on in the series or maybe we'll see some people of his past shed some light on the subject but you know it's a good storytelling to allude to the parentage of leia because obviously some bigger things happen in this episode but before we get to that let's you know slow it down some uh let's talk about this path i think it's called the path that's the whole thing a group of people getting jedi you know away from the empire uh i like i mean that's that's basic kind of like rebel type of scenarios and tropes that we see in stories uh there's you know the re- the rebellion and there's usually a group of people that specifically need to hide it out and again it's very star wars is a great job you know pulling from history too. a uh, very subtle reference to i would say you know like the nazi fascist regime and you know the hiding of the jewish people and whatnot it's a purge they're literally out here trying to purge the jedi and it's cool to see you know these people come together now can it be cliche for sure we will definitely see you know some people show up look like they're about to arrest obi-wan and then just you know turn and shoot the stormtroopers which is what we saw here uh we saw indira varma uh most known from game of thrones uh fandom if you know uh elaria sand uh that is what we saw helping them along this week and um yeah you know it's uh a lot of people again it's a they do a good job at alluding to the overall star wars universe and how Some people thought the Empire might be a good thing. Again, nobody knows really the underhanded slimeball dealings Palpatine was doing when he rose to power. But, you know, here they are. They trust in this guy. He won them the Clone Wars. Quote, unquote. And uh, he turns into the Empire. And everybody probably thought it was a good good idea at first. And then, you know, True colors probably showed themselves mad quick. And so you got a character like uh, Tala, uh oh, she's past the BS of the Empire, and now she's helping people like Obi-Wan and Leia get to where they need to be because there are there is hope. Hope and again, hope is probably the biggest thing, biggest thematic thing going on here in Star Wars. There is an ounce of hope left in the galaxy, and there are people that Obi-Wan needs to meet to reinvigorate his own hope. And it's cool to see, and then um speaking of you know hope uh she talks about how Jedi have passed through uh her way and she's helped them out. And uh she names drops uh if y'all are familiar with it or not, she names drops Quinlan Voss. Uh Quinlan Voss has a pretty good name to know. Uh, have you ever watched The Clone Wars? I know he's made a couple appearances there. And again, expanded material. Brief little backstory, Quinlan. Jedi Master, I believe he was master to Ala Sakura. Um one point he turns to the dark side. Uh not necessarily, you know, Sith or whatnot, but uh he tries to usurp Count Dooku. Uh and I believe that was with the help of Asajj Ventress. Again, I don't even know what's canon anymore, but Quinlan Voss, that's a cool character to know. That would be a cool character to see make the jump from, you know, live. I'm sorry, animated to live action or from comic or, you know, extended novels to the live action, Quinlan Vos, because that's a Jedi who, again, who's, I wouldn't, I, it, you know, y'all can correct me if I'm wrong on any of this. Uh, he's not necessarily a Sith. He is using the dark side. He did try to absurd a Sith, a Sith and tried to take that place, but then he failed. And then from there, he's on the run with the rest of the Jedi. So, um That'd be a very interesting character to see someone who's kind of straddled that line between, you know, the light and the dark side of the force and is still being hunted and executed. And Maybe we can see why such a character doesn't join the Inquisition or doesn't join back up with the Jedi. Let's, let's I think that's very worth exploring about why these characters end up where they are specifically the force sensitive children. Um, and as Tala had mentioned too, You know they were taking everybody they they, if they were force sensitive they were taking them and i guess at that point it's like you want to be purged or you want to join the inquisition and i think the inquisition is a very cool idea to see played out because you know like myself i need to go watch rebels i really do i'm sure rebels can shed a lot of light again my base knowledge of the inquisition mainly comes from jedi fallen order which i think did a great job with the second sister specifically and if obi-wan the series has a chance to shed more light on that for the general fandom but i will go watch rebels i will i will definitely get on it i will definitely watch it i'll come back to you with better knowledge and know how but you know Quinn voss it'd be really cool to see him it'd be really cool to see other well-known jedi to see that survive the purge there's plenty that we've known uh again canon canon Ahsoka, maybe. Who knows? Again, there's many we could see. I think it'd be cool if some of them come along to help Obi-Wan kind of reinvigorate. Shoot, they probably need to retrain him, too, in the Jedi arts, because dude is struggling out here. He's struggling. He's struggling big time. Uh, but speaking of the Inquisition, man, uh, I really find... Excuse me. I really find the Inquisition to be probably the most intriguing thing, intriguing aspect of the show that now you know not common knowledge and it's very cool to see play out so i think it's safe to say that grand inquisitor he's definitely if he's not dead because again i guess they really didn't confirm he's dead and again nobody and like i need to see a funeral or something or just more confirmation that he's dead but i think it's safe to assume he's out for the being for the time being uh, they're vying to see who's next in line they want to know who's next in line fifth brother says he's next in line uh and now we got this rivalry going on between the fifth brother and reva the third sister and we saw reva get the upper hand in the beginning of the episode she's making contact with you know who then you see the fifth brother he made contact it's a cool back and forth that we got going on but again we got to learn the motives why Sure, they want the favor of this dude who sits at the top. But, like, you know, Reva is hell-bent on getting there. And that, I'm more curious about this mystery as to why. Why is this character so driven to get to the, you know, to the right hand of the father? Ha! Right hand of the father. And I wonder if that's actually intentionally religious on their part. I don't know. Either way. That is probably the most intriguing aspect about Reva. I know a lot of people aren't buying into her ruthlessness or, you know, just uh I don't know. It seems a lot of things she's doing comes very easy to her. Like, she had planned that whole Obi-Wan plot, get Obi-Wan out of hiding relatively easy. Again, we don't I, I don't think they really emphasize how she knew the Bail Organa-Obi-Wan connection, but it worked. And then now she's about to capture Leia by the end of this episode. It's probably gonna have all the pieces she needs to really, I guess, again, draw Obi-Wan out and hand him over to Vader. Ooh, said his name, said his name. But uh, yeah, you know, I like Reva. I like Reva. I, again, I'm just intrigued. There's a question mark over her head. And I, I don't care about, you know, how she's trying to, you know, get spotted by the big bads of the series, but I I care more about the why. I don't care about how I care more about the why. Give me the why, and I'm sold. And I'm so I'm trying to find this mystery again. I would like to relay it back to that opening scene in part one. I believe she was one of those younglings. And as Hooper TV, myself and Dr. J said discussed in the prior podcast, maybe Anakin didn't kill all those younglings. Maybe Anakin Saw her and was like, there's something about you. Something about you. Love. Let's keep you around, gutter girl. We don't know. But I am very intrigued to see what they do with Reva. Very intrigued. Um, Again, not much else going on in this episode. Very, I guess, kind of got to where they wanted to go. And where they wanted to go, they got there. And it was good. It was good. It was good. Here, let's talk about, let's just go, let's go right into it. Let's uh, not be around the bush. I've been being around, because this is the biggest part. This is the biggest thing to talk about, okay? Vader is here, all right? Vader is here, and I'm sure he's here to stay. Uh, We got the tease last week, Hayden Christensen and burnt, you know, attire and whatnot. But, uh, now he said, Obi-Wan's on that planet. I'm in there. I'm in there. He got the whole facial confirmation he's there so he's coming out and uh, as I mentioned before you know uh he had his interactions with Reva and the fifth brother but no this man is hell-bent on getting Obi-Wan no matter what and I believe just for from a revenge aspect but he's here he's here and it's been a long-awaited thing for many fans as soon as whenever they announced Hayden Christensen would be in the series they knew this would be inevitable but We didn't know how many, and Deborah Chow, who's been directing most episodes, came out and said, Obi-Wan and Vader will duel more than once. And we got our first duel here. Uh, Thematically, I think the, the, thematically, the duel works on many a level. Was it the best duel between Obi-Wan and Anakin? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. But thematically, you got to think about it, you know? Where we last song uh, Obi-Wan left Anakin to die 10 years prior on the <laughs> on the burning shores of Mustafar. And Obi-Wan thought that was it. He thought Anakin was dead. At uh, Part two, he finds out Anakin's alive. And but, you know, the, the thing is, it didn't matter because he was still haunted by the sole fact that he lost Anakin to the dark side. And Anakin committed all these atrocities and Qui-Gon who I would say Obi-Wan looks up to more than anybody entrusted you know the come up of Anakin and in in that aspect Obi-Wan failed he failed And that's why he you know he's he's very you know let me take care of Luke his son maybe that will redeem you know my actions with Anakin uh i'm reluctant to go help leia because i need to watch this boy but really it's out of fear of failing i can't fail multiple skywalkers now but here he is protecting leia and now anakin's alive i guess it's like what do you do at that point is this man completely lost is there a chance to bring him back but again it's shocking to obi-wan's core and I thought that scene where Obi-Wan first felt his presence was phenomenal. You, the dude is shaken to the core. And yeah, I <laughs> I really felt bad for Obi-Wan. I'm like, dude, Obi-Wan, come on, man. Like, you beat him before. Like, come on. I know, I know you've got 10 years of grief over your head, you know, hanging around, but this dude nearly collapsed on the floor at the mere well he, like, he's never seen vader in his vaderness uh but the presence oh my gosh it's just like whatever anakin was feeling in that first fight on the must mustafar amplified by 100 it has to be it has to be you know again anakin was left for dead this dude wants revenge and he wants revenge in the best way possible but also you know i think You know, I think Anakin wants to be the best always, but he also wants to earn that right. He wants to earn that respect. And if he's going to take down someone, I think he's, I think he's, I would think he's honorable somewhat to a degree in a duel or, you know, just like in any confrontation, I think there's some honor in Anakin. Maybe that's the Anakin side. Maybe that's not Vader. I mean, Vader has got no problem being Vader. Uh, so, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, man, what is Vader going to do? Well, shoot, he, uh, before they even get into their little fight, he's dragging people through the streets. He's force choking. He's snapping necks. Uh, he's doing the Vader thing. Uh, I would like to see more. I think this is like, I mean, I, I would like to say the pinnacle peak Vader moment is like at the end of Rogue One where he just decimates all those people on that cruiser i think that's peak vader uh and i think they know that's peak vader and if they want to top it they can and maybe they will again i think it's just kind of building up for that moment uh but it's a good tease it's good tease we saw force choking we saw a neck snap that was so unnecessary and i was like oh dude this he's bad he's bad you don't care But he's also just, you know, he's trying to draw out Obi-Wan. He knows Obi-Wan's here. He knows if he snaps some next, Obi-Wan's going to come out. And, ah, that's the thing about Obi-Wan, you know? Fear is driving Obi-Wan. I, You know, it's it's not necessarily the dutifulness to go help others. It is fear for the other's lives that he is worried about. And, again, that can be a good and a bad driving point. I think mostly here it's good. He's like, you know, I got to get him away from the people, so... He's gonna draw him out into, you know, the mining facility. But uh, at this, at the same point, you know, if you're gonna let fear drive you, well, fear is gonna be how you approach a lightsaber duel. And here we have this duel. And I said it earlier, it doesn't match the last duel, uh, clearly when they're at their prime. Uh, Obi-Wan is 10 years out of practice. Vader is a robot. Uh, but it was a good duel. Again, thematically, this works on many levels. Uh, they never, they haven't seen each other in years. Uh, you know, Obi Wan's like, uh, "What have they done to you?" And you know, Obi Wan, by saying that, he implies, you know, what has the Empire, what has the Dark Side done? But you know, Anakin's like, "Hey, I am what you made me. You cut my arms off and my legs off." This is what I have to do now. You left me burning there. My lungs don't work. Yeah, this is what you did this. You did this. Yeah, again, that's that arrogance coming out. You know, he's not accepting the fact that uh, he had a dual zone master for, uh, you know, uh, galactic power, whatever. But uh, yeah, for me, that works on so many levels. It's just, you know, it's cool to see, because as a fan, we haven't seen this duel in what is now 17 years. Um, And then just, you know, from the show's perspective, you know, 10 years for them. Uh, he thought he was dead. He's not dead. Now he's more powerful than ever. And he's instilling fear and hopelessness throughout the galaxy. Here's a man who's like, got no hope. And he has, and who beat him the first time? This dude, Obi-Wan. And now he's got to do it again. And it's almost, it's almost a dang near impossible task because again, he's out of practice. He's barely, hes his hope is hope dangling on a string. Uh, dashboard confessional, if you know them, Spider-Man 2 soundtrack, that's okay. Um So th- thematically it works. And then, you know, physically, you know, prequel movies did a good job at establishing these are the Jedi and the Sith at their, like, prime, quote-unquote. So we get a lot of Kendo-inspired fights. It was amazing. It was awesome. It was the greatest thing they could have done to a lightsaber fight. Now, of course, you have to look at the original trilogy and how, you know, Obi- Ben Kenobi was old in that fight. Um, but also, there was just, there just, obviously, there wasn't choreo. This choreo is kind of purposeful choreo. You got Obi-Wan fighting like he's never fought before because, he's again, he's just out of practice and he ain't trying to fight anymore. He's not trying to be a Jedi. He's not trying to be Obi-Wan. He's been Kenobi, but he knows he has to step up in this moment right here against his former Padawan. Vader clearly can't be as agile, can't be as nimble as he was as Anakin. Again, Anakin was considered one of the one of if not the greatest Jedi warrior Jedi Knight there ever was during the Clone Wars, but he's not that anymore. He is a cyborg. He is, you know, robotronic, but like he's driven by revenge. So, uh, I was talking to Nino Desplazado earlier. Um, his strikes are very much, you know, they're precise. And they're powerful and they will beat somebody like obi-wan down if necessary because he can't really do much because he is slower but you can see and again he was one hand in it like that whole entire fight he was very just kind of chopping away at obi-wan and he's trying to put the hurt but that's and and so as beautiful as it was to see their lightsabers ignite and everything that fight was not supposed to be the fight of the series, and that is okay. That is supposed to be a tease, and from a thematic standpoint, that is supposed to be, you know, Obi-Wan needs to step up, and we see Vader's drive here. And I think that's what's going on here thematically. But we get a little extra dosage in the fight. We see, truly, Vader is driven by revenge, and he wants obi-wan to suffer it's not just about him killing him and i'm sure everybody caught this you know the moment he lets that coal or whatever that material was and it sets it aflame and starts dragging obi-wan through the fire i think that was (laughs) oh my gosh it's personal it's like sorry dude it's not business this is personal this is personal You left me to burn by lava and caught fire. I caught fire. I lost my hair. I am a burn victim. You did this to me. You are going to feel an ounce of what I felt. And so he drags Obi-Wan through that fire. And that works for me too. I'm I'm there's like logic behind Vader. He just there's always been logic behind Darth Vader. You know, Anakin, Anakin by the end of episode three just kind of very gung-ho still but he's like power hungry vader is more calculated than anakin you know he's gonna get what he wants he's been planning this revenge for 10 years it's nice to see him you know enacted he's like now you will suffer i mean he's he's gonna make him suffer and he's like the years have made you weak it works it just works because i don't know i don't think we ever seen sith very much I mean, they call it Revenge of the Sith, but I mean, I don't know what they were really seeking revenge for. It's always been a rule of two. Revenge of the Sith should have been about a Sith apprentice seeking revenge against the Master or something, or I don't know. Count Dooku should have had his revenge for being replaced. I don't know. Let me stop. Um, But yeah, I don't think we ever really seen an enactment of revenge at least not from like Sidious or Vader in any past media. And you correct me if I'm wrong. The only kind of revenge plot I can think of is say like Asajj Ventress for being, you know, abandoned by Dooku. Uh, You know, they massacred the the witches and then Darth Maul because he wanted revenge against Obi-Wan. So I think it was really cool to see, um, and I say Vader, I say Vader. I didn't say Anakin. I, we know Anakin sought revenge plenty. I'm talking Vader. This is a calculated Vader who said, I'm gonna make you suffer. I'm gonna get my revenge. I'm gonna drag you through this fire. Then he's probably gonna take him to a ship and who knows, do who knows what on his little planet of his, which I love. They brought back Vader's planet. I don't know what planet that is. It might be Mustafar. Correct me if I'm wrong. I'm pretty sure that's not right we saw that planet and we saw the inquisition planet i love seeing that stuff that's very good shots and some very good shots of those planets and i like how different they are vaders on this lava infested planet they're in the middle of some ocean looking like azkaban i don't know i like seeing visuals like that i rather spend more time in those locales than say these little mining facilities but i digress Obviously, Obi-Wan escapes, do the help of Tala. And we are gonna see them. We're gonna see another rematch. This is hardly, I would say, again, this is not the quintessential match. This series has been hyping us up. If that was it, I'm gonna be very upset. But that's not what's going on here. We're gonna see them again. And it's gonna be it's gonna be cool. It's gonna be, it's gonna be awesome. I now I I I really hope we don't get the whole, you know. Obi-Wan needs to retrain himself to be the Jedi he once was. I feel that's very cliche. I feel we've seen that before in many, you know, media across the board. None really come to mind. I just know we've seen it before. I just need Obi-Wan to go in there and just do his thing. It's muscle memory, dude. Um, But yeah, he's probably going to be motivated knowing that Leia's captured. I mean, it looks like she's about to be captured again they're probably going to have to take the fight to that Inquisition planet. We will see. Um, Tala looks like she's going to be staying around, helping out Obi-Wan. Probably sees more characters. Again, I think it's called The Path. We're going to probably see more characters come along to help. Obi-Wan probably needs a team. Uh, I would not go in there alone. Too many sisters and brothers of the night. No, oh, they're not the Night Sisters. I'm sorry. <laughs> too many numbered sisters, too many numbered brothers. He needs to go in there with some backup. And he, again, he's gonna, the biggest thing, Obi Wan, and I've said this from day one, is that Obi Wan's biggest thing is about failing. And he does not want to fail again due to the ramifications of what happened when he failed last time, which I can totally understand uh, the sentiment of, you know, consequences of your actions obi-wan did not train anakin to the best of his ability i mean he did but you know there's a dark puppet master in the corner over here that nobody seemed to notice which is fine whatever plot you gotta have it um but yeah that's the hurdle we need to see him get over he's got to get over this fear of failing he's got to accept things for the way they are and he needs to you know if you want change you need to be the change it is a lot of pressure. People putting that change on you. Jerobi wan Kenobi. You sorry. Um, fight's not over, man. Fight's not over. Uh, final thoughts. Final thoughts. Uh, if it weren't for the appearance of Vader, this episode would have kind of been bleh. The third act definitely saved this episode for me. Definitely trying to see more of Vader. Like, I want to just see him interacting and doing things. I don't want this to be like he pops up just for the fight. I want to see the interactions. Again, the character interactions is everything. Uh, Obi-Wan, it was nice to see him and Anakin. <laughs> Hayden and Ewan McGregor, boom, meeting up again. Very nice, very cool as a fan. Very nice. If that's Hayden in costume doing the you know the physical performance because your boy James Earl Jones. Dude, the dude is pushing, I think, 92. Um, I'm about to check that real quick. Uh, you know, he came back and did Mufasa in 2019. He's back here doing Darth Vader. Uh, he's 91. He's 91. He turned 91 this year. Hasn't missed the beat. He sounds perfect. Shakespearean now. Do I think Ada Christensen could ever pull off, you know, that Shakespearean type of Darth Vader-esque voice? Probably not, but that's okay. And but I would like again, oh, we saw that cool little flashback. Obi Wan saw Anakin out uh over yonder. Uh, that was that was cool. That was cool. We haven't seen him like that in a while. Um, the ghost of the past, man, ghost of Christmas past coming to haunt him. Um, but yeah, let's come, um, let's get the ball rolling. Let's get some. I mean. I don't think they're dragging it. I don't think anything's being dragged out. I think what they're doing is really good. They're giving us setup. We're probably going to get a backstory about that order 66 moment with Reva. I'm calling it now. You heard it here on the Yonko table. That's where you heard it. Um, but yeah, we're going to get that fight again. We're going to get that fight. We're going to get that fight. Um, it will be interesting if we get Vader and Leia. you know, and actually I feel episode four lose to Vader and Leia might have met before. I need to go back and rewatch that scene. I feel that dialogue suggests they've met before. <laughs> Could this be where they meet? I don't know. We will see. Um, actually, that'd be very cool to see. But yeah, hey, Obi-Wan. It's very cinematic. I like, what, well, I like how it's going. It doesn't feel like a series like The Mandalorian. It does feel like a miniseries. It does feel like it's going to have a clear-cut end. So uh, I think it's going at a good pace. I think by episode four, it's really going to pick up. And I guess this was kind of the mid season finale. We're going to start seeing more pieces coming involved. And we're going to see, you know, kind of what we're building towards as far as a finale. Uh, But man, oh man, that's about it from Grandmaster Hoop talking to Grandmaster Hoop here at the Yonko table. Uh, Listen, folks, make sure you follow us on all social media platforms again you can correct me if I'm wrong on any of this we'd love to hear from y'all uh that's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok check out the TikTok and of course wherever you're listening to us reach out and whatnot uh we'll gladly talk to y'all we'd love to talk to y'all um but yeah with that said Spotify, Apple Podcasts, listening stations if you'd like to see my face YouTube that's where we at and yeah That's about it from us here at the Yonker Table. We'll probably see you next week. We got uh, another One Piece arc that we'll be covering. We got Stranger Things 4, Part 1. We'll be covering next Tuesday. And, of course, we'll be back on Wednesday for Obi-Wan. So, listen, that's it from me, Grandmaster Hoop. Y'all have a good night and, uh, I don't know. Tread lightly, Walter White. All right, take care.